What is shaking, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Golf Guide Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Serlo, and I am so terribly delighted to bring you back here for our first podcast of April. And if you know anything about me and you know anything about golf, you know that April signifies a very special time of year for me. That's right. It is the Masters. So we are going to bring this podcast in uh, with a little bit of different intro music than we normally have. And that is going to be the case for the next couple of podcasts, everything that we do through the Masters. Uh, And also, uh, I don't know if you guys knew this, but we recorded this podcast on April 1st. And so uh, there is a few delightful little nuggets in here of news that may or may not be based on facts. Uh, admittedly, when we were recording the podcast, I actually thought that they might have been real. Uh, and it looks like the one and only, one of my favorite golf scribes in the business, Jeff Shackelford, uh, pulled the old onesie on me. I, I used Jeff uh, Shackelford's website, uh, among many others, to put this podcast together every single week. And uh, he took some liberties and uh, pulled a little April Fool's joke on me that I... I, I fell for hook, line, and sinker. These things, I just wanted them to be true so bad. Uh, but alas, I'm not going to remove them from the podcast because the jokes are so good that they they warrant to live on somewhere. So, Jeff, thank you very much for pulling it on me. I know once uh, we were done recording, like you know, Jeff Stemack, who's on this uh, podcast with me, he texted me back. And he's like, I'm pretty sure those weren't true, dude. I'm like, and in the moment, I was like, God damn it, he's right. But you know what? They're phenomenal, so we're going to keep them in anyway. And I'm going to stop rambling. So, without any further delay, I'd like to give you the wonderful and powerful Dave Loggins here on the Golf Guide Podcast. Well, it's springtime in the valley on Magnolia Lane. It's the August National and the Master of the Game. Who wear that green coat? Sunday afternoon Who walked that 18th fairway Singing this tune Augusta Your dogwoods and pines They play on my mind Like a song Alright, welcome back everybody. I am delighted to once again be joined by my dear friend, uh, blogging, I, I don't even know, it's like just blogging guru. I mean, are, would you consider yourself a guru or just, you know, kind of a, I, kind of a, think, a mentor of I think sorts? Blogging, blogging guru uh, is, is perfect. Yeah, blogging guru, uh, you know, teaching professional, uh, uh, high school men's golf coach. Uh, Mr. Jeff Stemack, uh, Boat, great great to have you back, brother. Dude, love it. Every time. Gets better and better. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Um, well, shoot, man. I'm, I'm not going to waste any more of your time here. Let's just jump right in. We had a really... Oh, you're not wasting my time. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well said. Uh, dude, that was a hell of a tournament we had this past weekend. I We were saying it last week. The match play is one of my absolute favorite non-major tournaments of the year. I, I wish we got to see more match play. And... Uh, 
it did not disappoint this past weekend. Uh, ultimately, one of my absolute favorite guys on tour, Mr. Kevin Kisner, ended up winning, uh, defeating Matt Kuchar, uh, three and two in the final. But um, I, I feel like the championship match for this match for this match play was kind of a footnote. I, I, when I think back to this tournament, yeah, you know, like weeks, months, and maybe even a year from now, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm really even going to remember that final match. How about uh, how about you, man? Yeah, that was. I mean. Two guys that don't bring a ton of fireworks as far as Eagles and, you know, taking on, taking on pins they shouldn't. Um, you got two really consistent players in the finals, and that's kind of, that's kind of what we got. A lot of fairways, a lot of greens, not a lot of holes given away. Uh, they were, they were playing pretty tight. And kids, uh, like we talked about, he's just, he's got that bulldog in. He does, man. And honestly, I, I really appreciate it. I saw that on the old social medias. Uh, today that you you did post uh, Kiz's uh, post win interview, which was just fantastic. I mean, I, is he not one of the best interviews in golf? It's so great. Yeah. Uh, he's you know he's on with the guys from Barstool a lot, and he's just he's great. He's he's got no filter. Just a good old boy. He really he really is. Like, what was that like? What quote that he had? He's like, shit, man. If you could play music and drink beers while you're playing, I'd be the number one player in the world. I'm like, fuck, that's, that's my kind of guy no, right I there. Just, I, I just watched the, uh, another another video. Um, he's like hitting the ball over a house, obviously at a, at, a, at a house function or something, and it like hits the target, and they're in the background, and you can hear it. And the guy, the guy that's next to him, is on the phone with the buddy in the backyard. He's like, "Oh my god, he hit it!" He's like, "You hit it." He goes, "Well, what'd you think, man?" He's like, "I got my name on my bag." <laughs> oh. uh, another power flex, incredible stuff by Kevin Kisner. Oh. oh. God, oh, I mean, in the article, and they're like, you know, at the some some outing, uh, sponsors outing at Marion, you know, he crushes like 17, 17 beers and eighteen holes, and on seventeen <laughs> to two hundred forty yard par three, and he hits like a twenty foot for birdie, and he just yells, "This ain't this ain't no hobby, boys." <laughs> I mean, that's just that's golden at Marion. I mean, that's this ain't no hobby, boys. That is so great. That is unbelievable. Honestly. As if I wasn't enough of a Kiz fan already, I, I feel like he is ascending uh, up the up the charts for my favorite guys on tour. Not not he's always oh. kind of been a subtle favorite, but you know he's he, he's been very vocal about the fact that it, you know he can't hit the ball as far as the other guys, and it's kind of you know it's kind of shitty. But he just he's okay just working with what he's got. And after getting a win this weekend, see that's the thing. I, this weekend to me is kind of like a reminder that actually it'd be great to see some courses out there that were in like the sixty-six to seven thousand yard. Oh, yeah thing because it, it just proves that length uh it doesn't necessarily win golf tournaments especially with match play i mean it maybe it was it'd be a little bit different if this was a stroke play event but uh by having a little bit of a shorter golf course the guys who hit the ball a mile didn't really seem to have a huge advantage and if anything it kind of ended up rewarding guys who are great ball strikers which i i i really like personally guys that really played to their to their yardages played to their strengths i mean those greens looked unreal yeah dude that golf course itself it actually looked so awesome. nice yeah i know it's such a great course oh man it was pretty good so i mean other than the guys uh other than kiz and kuchar in the final um tiger actually really made a, a good amount of noise i think oddly enough he will be remembered for that what many of us thought might have been the first like must-have putt that he's ever missed in his entire professional career <laughs> i mean it's just been yeah, so long since he's been was... in that position he's missed one but um Tiger played great golf in the uh, in the group stages. His match against McElroy, uh, he kind of just let McElroy beat himself, 
and he played pretty good yep. for that beer guard match. I I was very uh, I was very impressed from what I saw from Tiger. How about yourself? Boy, I wrote that beer guard guy off. He can play a little golf. Dude, He's hot. no kidding. Yeah, Tiger, Tiger played well. He played. Uh, you know, he just yeah, he just did make the putts when he needed to in the in the what was that the quarterfinals? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, no, he's he's trending. Obviously, going to be that's probably why he's more than twelve to one at that tournament coming up here shortly. Yeah, absolutely. What did you make of uh, only three of the top ten players of the world advancing from the group stage? I think it just goes to goes to show you how many good players are out there. Yeah. Um, and and there are really some courses that set up better for others. Um, I thought DJ would be able to hit some irons in some places and. He just didn't. He didn't play that well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Molinari played well. Oh. We both thought he was going to machine it up, and and he did. Oh, um, Even after yeah, Saturday, was, going into Sunday, yeah. I, th- I thought it was inevitable that Frankie was going to take. He, he just was playing such incredibly solid golf. It uh, it's kind of shocking yeah. that he didn't win. I know. Yeah, he's a uh, boy. He's going to be tough to beat. <laughs> yeah, I I I really really like Frankie's chances going into. Uh, Going into Augusta, I think he's you know there's might be a few wagers uh, put on Mr. Frankie Molinari heading into Augusta here in two weeks. But uh, yeah, man, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, any other highlights from the weekend? What I, it's all been kind of quashed now. But what did you think of the uh, of the Sergio Matt situation? I saw, I heard about it and then I didn't see the video. Sergio, <laughs> there's no way in a Ryder Cup you walk up there and tap that in. You right. pause and wait to hear something. And then they did a little. They did a little video today where Sergio basically took responsibility for it, and, as he should. You don't. I mean, he, what's that was that was him being lazy. In, in, in any other Ryder Cup, you're waiting, or you take your time and you, and you tap it in, and then you go, "Hey, don't expect any short ones, you know, down the road, coach." But for him to do what he did was so uncharacteristic. Yeah, especially for a guy who's played so much match play golf. That know, was. Right? He knows that was an absolute brain fart. That I mean, was totally his fault, 100%. Yeah, it is. I mean, the thing is, like, it's, like, so short. I mean, I guess I can kind of see where you would just assume that it's, like, a, like, you know, like, nobody doesn't give anybody that putt, but it just, yeah. just, you just don't do that, though. It's weird, because, like, I feel like they're both kind of at fault, because couldn't, couldn't Kucher have just been, like, yeah, like, I, I was giving it to him, like, it was good, and, or, but Kucher like, should have been right there, but it didn't look like Sergio looked up. Usually in those situations, the guy is on the back of the green with his thumbs up. You know what I mean? Like thumbs up is good. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, Kucher, I obviously, I don't know if he was there, but Sergio didn't look up. No, he never he looked up. He just assumed. And then it's like, as soon as he did it, he was like, Oh, shh. like I didn't get, I didn't get the okay for Cooch, which is ultimately his fault. Yeah. Yeah. What a dummy. Um, let's see here. Actually, oddly enough, this will not be the last time I bring Sergio up in this podcast, my friends. Get a little teaser <laughs> teaser for the folks there at the uh, at the end. Um, let's see. Anything else from the uh, from the match play this past weekend you want to touch on before we uh, move on? Uh, well, the, not about the match play, but did you see the thing about Jake Owen and Phil Mickelson at Jason or Jordan Spieth's wedding? No. Okay. Oh, no, so, please. Let's please take me there. So I guess. Jason Owen had had a couple in him, enough liquid courage, and uh, Spieth's wedding was like maybe the day after or a couple days after um, the Tiger Phil match. Okay. And Owen walks up to him and goes, "Hey, fucker, you owe me twenty nine ninety nine 
that was horseshit. You guys made like three birdies combined. I want my money back. And Phil, being Phil, pulls out his wallet or probably just a just a a roll with rubber bands, old school Phil. Old school Phil. Hands him a hundred dollars and he goes, You see that right there? I won 90,000 of those yesterday. Go <laughs> fuck yourself. Oh, God. It's... He goes, I literally just won 90,000 $100 bills. Go fuck yourself. I And right. <laughs> Jake Owen is going, it's it's going to be on uh, the bar stool. And Jake Owen's going, I, I swear to God, that's 100% correct. And then I go to Twitter, and Phil had responded 100% true. <laughs> I, I mean, that's you just gotta love it. This is a quick aside, real quick. Does in 2019, does Phil Mickelson have the biggest balls on tour? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, it's kind of a stupid question. It's kind of rhetorical. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, it's incredible. He's invincible. He's it's, absolutely it's awesome. invincible. Oh God, Phil, just uh, adopt me now. Um, all right, perfect, man. Well, hey, let, let's move on here real quick. I wanted to uh, touch on actually the Kia Classic here because if we're uh, we do focus on golf here on the West Coast on the uh, the good old fashioned yes, Golf God podcast, and uh, the Kia Classic was contested this past weekend. Out, I always actually pronounce it wrong. Is it Aviara or Aviara? Uh, Four Seasons Aviara. Uh, Four Seasons Aviara. Great uh, course down in Carlsbad, yep. California, where twenty-year-old Nasa Hataoka. One with a score of minus 18. 18 under par. She beat a group of golfers by three. Um, Daniel Kang, NB Park, and a few others uh, tied for second at 15 under. Uh, and this makes Hatoka's third LPGA Tour title in the last nine months. She is 20 years old. Um, Pretty crazy. Just, Pretty this, crazy. This girl is wildly good at golf. <laughs> How's, that? How's that for analysis? She's not the only one out there. The, yeah. the, it's... <laughs> They are, they're so good. They're and so there good. There is literally on that tour, every girl that is teeing it up, or every woman that is teeing it up that week. Well, I guess I could say girl because there are some girls that have won yeah. at the age of sixteen. So anyone playing in that field has a chance to win. Yeah, there is so many good players on the LPGA tour right now. It's like, it's. I mean, it probably if I had to say probably more so than like in in comparison to the PGA tour. There's some guys on tour that are happy to, you know, qualify, but they don't have a chance to win a tournament this year. Right. Not the case on the LPGA Tour. No, man. The LPGA Tour, it is a really compelling product. I don't know if we touched on it last week, but uh, two weeks ago I was actually down uh, going at, attending the media day for the LA Open that's going to be later this month, the one that's going to be contested at uh, Wilshire Country Club. And talking to a couple mm-hmm. of the LPGA officials down there and actually got a chance to meet a couple of, the, uh, of LPGA players that were there for the media day. And just watching them just stripe fucking putts, just canning them from 20 feet away, just hitting the ball, like just a laser shots right down the middle of the fairway. I'm just thinking to myself, like, these these girls are basically the most perfect version of what any non-male professional golfer wishes they could be. In the fact that it's like they're not hitting the ball 330, but everything about their golf game is just completely textbook and unbelievably solid. Like, so unbelievably so- solid. And they hit, they hit it so good, but then you look at their putting strokes and you're just blown away. Yes, hundred percent. Because I mean, that's the thing is like, like you, you know, male female. You there's there's you no advantage. Very many bad putts. No, no, absolutely not. 
Absolutely not. Those those uh, those girls are really good, man. I see that just makes me miss the old like PGA Tour logo because I I just don't really feel like living under par. I, I really liked it when they just reminded me how good those guys were, and now I'm just using it for the LPGA yeah. Tour. I'm like these these girls are no. really good. No, they are. They're one one hundred percent. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> really, 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 they really are, good. These these chicks are really fucking good. Okay. Uh, anyway, let's yeah. uh, before we actually jump into so we're gonna hit on a couple of Augusta related things uh, to wrap up the podcast here today, boat. But I wanted to touch on a little thing because I do I, I have a soft spot for golf architecture and golf development. And uh, have have you heard yeah. of this new private course down in New Zealand called Terra Et? I'm not. I have not. So basically. It's a Tom Doak uh, private course, basically in these like dunes on the coast of New Zealand, and pretty much people, from the pictures I've seen, the way people describe it, it's kind of like Pacific dunes, only like kind of tropical and with views that are on par, but some people might say a little bit better. So it's very Pacific dunes like, but in warmer, more tropical weather. But long wow. story short, pe- people are saying it's it's one of maybe the three or four best modern designs basically one of the three or four best golf courses built since like 1995 and so i, I and say they're, they're finished they're finished it's been open for a couple of years now um and so the gentleman uh who developed this place his name is rick kane um and news just came out that he now is going to be spending 50 million dollars of his own money to build two public courses public courses adjacent to terra ed uh that's going to be complete with some lodging a bunch of campsites uh some different stuff like that and these two public courses are going to be one is going to be built by Bill Core and Ben Crenshaw, and the other one is going to be another Tom Doak course. Which uh, his goal is to basically turn this little suburb outside of Auckland, New Zealand, into one of the world's premier golf destinations. Um, I guess. I, I mean, here's things like, other than like going back to like going back to Scotland and going to Ireland because I've never been golfing in Ireland before. The sand belt uh-huh. down in like Australia and then like up in New Zealand. That's like the next the next big one on my list of places I would love like golf trip destinations i would love to go and uh you know people the, the bannon dunes model does not seem to be failing there is people just trying to build great golf courses in bunches in a small area because they know that suckers like us are going to spend half our paycheck going out and play a bunch of golf what it, yeah. I, I i for one i'm stoked i, I just i i thought we had to touch on it because it's, it's a it's a very interesting little bit of golf development news uh do, do you have any thoughts my friend crazy yeah, I mean, golf cra- courses are closing down almost every day and this guy's who has 50 million of their own dollars uh, uh so it's crazy you know what i mean like in, in the in the golf climate like maybe he knows either tiger or jordan speed is going to win the masters yeah. uh <laughs> you know maybe he knows something we don't to where golf is just going to freaking really pick up again um but that's that's a bold move cotton yeah, uh, that's a lot of money it's um, a lot of money well, I think it's one of those things. Yeah, he's where... probably got some pretty, some pretty good, uh, pretty good projections behind him. I, I guess I'm, I'm guessing he's got some, some smart people giving him the, uh, the go ahead. Yeah, I think so. And really, it's, it's kind of interesting because as you know, so many golf courses are closing down, not just across America but across the world. But it seems like there's yeah. one specific type of golf course that does seem to be thriving right now, and it's the really like high end, kind of linksy high end public course. Like somewhere that people can travel from all over the place to go play, and almost like it's almost better if it's remote too. If it's like a destination yeah. in itself, all those places. Because Mike Kaiser, after he built Bannon Dunes, he's since built, you know, since he's built two more resorts, he's about to build a third eighteen-hole course at Sand Valley. Uh, these guys are doing this yeah. down in like New Zealand. I, mean, I think there's definitely a market for the kind of golf courses that. He, so who knows? You know, may, maybe he actually has. 
Ah, shit. I was gonna, you know, I was gonna go for like a real long show. You know, maybe he has Kevin Na three hundred one to win the Masters, and he put, you know, you need to put five grand yeah. on it. I mean, who knows? Yeah, it, it, it's. <laughs> <laughs> one way to find yeah, yeah. that would be uh, that would be awesome boat all right anyway it is time to quit messing around boat let's let it's time to start talking augusta but before i get on a couple of notes regarding the masters one thing that i know you wanted to talk about a little bit that i was actually pretty anxious to bring up with you is this upcoming weekend is going to be the inaugural augusta national women's amateur um yep. which is really awesome this is something that fred riley or Fred Ridley announced last year, uh, leading up to the 2018 Masters, uh, and I'm I'm not really sure what to expect, but I know that I'm excited to see Augusta on my television on Sunday. Um, there's oh, a couple, yeah. Of, yeah. There's a couple of news, but w- w- why don't you take it from here, Boat? Oh, it's so cool. Uh, I kind of got same as you. I got really excited about this tournament when I, you know, heard about it last year before the Masters. And, uh, on top of so they're playing. You know, everyone just thinks it's going to be, you know, three rounds. They're playing the first two rounds at Champions Retreat mm-hmm. in Augusta. And then, which is really cool, so they're cutting to the low 30 after that. Mm-hmm. But Saturday, everyone in the in the original field plays a practice round at Augusta National. So and awesome. then the low 30 plays the third round at Augusta on that Sunday. But I just thought that's a really cool format. Even the girls that get cut. They still get to play women. Uh, women they get cut. They still get to play Augusta on that Saturday, regardless. Yeah, I think it's absolutely incredible. One of the other really cool things that Fred uh, and Augusta did was they invited Nancy Lopez, Arnica Sorenstam, Lorena Ochoa, and Savory Park to the event and to serve as ambassadors, which is, I mean, four of the biggest names in the history of women's golf. Absolutely, um, and it's so cool. Like just because all of them had really impressive amateur careers. Like Nancy Lopez won the New Mexico state amateur at 12 years old. Think about that. 12 years old. She won the state amateur. That, that yeah. I mean, think about I'm that kind being of lost for words old and being the best amateur player in your state. <sighs> On top of that, she had 48 LPJ wins and three majors, all LPJ championships. Annika 62 wins, 10 majors. Lorena Ochoa had like 25 wins in two majors and retired at 28. Right. Like the peak of her peak of her career. Uh, Savory Park, 20 wins, five majors was out there forever. Forever. She is probably the one South Korean that she looked to that kind of caused the whole boom. A hundred percent. Of the LPGA tour. I I was literally just about to like follow it up with, I was like, Savory Park is literally the reason that half the LPGA tour is from South Korea. I mean, she is basically like she's, she's, she's their female Michael she's Jordan. She's not only one of one of the most famous athletes from South Korea; like, she is the most famous athlete from South Korea. It's pretty like, close, she man. Is she is like royalty? Yes. She is so beloved in that country for good reason, to the point where she's more famous than almost all the men. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's really hard to argue. There's there's a couple of baseball players that maybe the guys would say, but she's yeah. I mean it's you're you're splitting hairs. I mean she really is probably the most she is the most impactful star athlete ever to come out of Korea, and that that is absolutely incredible, especially for a country that is just wildly sexist and gives very little respect to women at all. To have someone like Sari Park change the game like that is uh, 
you know, the, the woman broke barriers, and she is absolutely incredible. Lo- love me some oh. Sari Pocket. It's going to be awesome to see her out there. Because uh, Now, they're in there. I, I thought I might have even read something today that they now have added uh, honorary starters to their list of responsibilities and ambassadors at the tournament, which in itself would be pretty oh, great. Like, fantastic. Does that mean these girls are actually going to be announcing the uh, the ladies' young, the, uh, the women's names? On Sunday, as they're getting I, to the I first think team, so. I think so. God. I hope so. God, that is so awesome. That would be that would be so cool. Oh man! Uh, so my favorite player in the field is I don't know if you watched any of the women's NCAA's last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not. She was in that long playoff. Her name is Haley Moore from the University of Arizona, and her golf swing is just awesome to watch. She's this. Uh, She's a tall. She's really tall. She's a little bit bigger build, much like Laura Davies. Okay. But her golf swing, I remember talking about it, watching it with uh, Jim Canego at the pro shop. We were both just baffled at how technically sound her golf swing is. Hmm. Just like it's so, and she's she made the winning putt in that long playoff to win, and I was just like. I'm going to root for her as long as she's on TV playing golf. 100%. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm actually now, I'm now excited a na- to watch Haley Moore. To, a name to watch. I, I'm, well, you know, I don't know if you knew this, but there is now a name that you are not going to be watching. I don't know if you heard the news that uh, Lucy Lee, uh, one of the yeah, top, I saw that. Yeah, one of the top amateur golfers, uh, uh, top women's amateur golfers, excuse me, in the country, she has actually withdrawn uh, due to a some sort of injury, maybe like a, a finger yeah. or a wrist, I think is what I saw, which uh, is a little bit sad because obviously she's very talented. But I've actually been reading that a lot of uh, a lot of scribes in the golf media are somewhat relieved because they were afraid that her uh, situation with her basically being allowed to keep her amateur status, even though she was in an Apple Watch commercial, um, yeah. a lot of people were not happy about that, and they were worried that. With her being at the tournament this weekend, it would take a lot of the attention away from the tournament, and people would be focusing on her. Um, so yeah, it's a bummer. She, yeah, it's it's a bummer she won't be there. But I think at at the, you know if you're looking for a silver lining, it'll be nice that that storyline will not be in the mix at all. We just will get to focus on all of these women playing spectacular golf in a brand new golf tournament that I think we're all super excited about. Oh, I can't wait for it. Oh man, it's going to be great. All right, so. We're looking forward to that. Uh, again, Boat, I think uh, you said first and second rounds are going to be Thursday and Friday, practice round Saturday, and then televised final round at Augusta National Golf Club on Sunday. Please, please do yourself a favor. If it's uh, if it's raining and you can't get out and go play golf yourself, that would be some appointment television to watch. Um, okay. any, in, in, any golf we get to watch at Augusta is, I mean, I think I'd probably turn it in to watch their, like, like their St. Paddy's Day tournament or, like, their their club championship uh it's we're so lucky i mean it, it's just the greatest it's the greatest course to watch. it's so great yeah. i can't wait it's it's really really excellent <laughs> all right so now i actually have master's news for you boat and this one i'm actually wildly excited to share with you this this is hot off the press i mean this is really really good stuff here okay um yep. i almost feel like i should just uh just read the headline to you and then actually just read you the small little blurb about it because it really is that good. It, it, it involves a local celebrity, a local Santa Rosa celebrity, uh, possibly at Augusta. All right. Here's the headline. Justine Reed plans to be first wife ever to attend Masters Champion Dinner, comma, asks Guy Fieri to help in the kitchen. 
funny when i read it again it's oh. oh my gosh all right this is actually coming from jeff but i'm just going to read you the whole thing because so much of it is so incredible that me trying to paraphrase it wouldn't actually do it justice so i'm, I'm just going to i'm going to give it all to you right now okay you ready for this yeah. okay start after successfully convincing instructor david ledbetter to help with her husband's game without patrick reed's knowledge justine reed is pulling out all the stops as her man prepares his augusta national return she has enlisted celebrity chef Guy Fieri to take over Champions Dinner preparations just two weeks shy of the annual Tuesday gathering, where her husband is the 2019 host. Via text from Mrs. Mrs. Reed confirmed the news. Quote, Guy and I chatted at length about the menu, and we're pleased to welcome him to the team, Justine Reed said. He is going to ensure that Patrick stays on his current diet while all the former champions get something better than what the club wanted to serve. <laughs> well... Just, just throwing Augusta's, Augusta's chef right underneath the bus there. And it, but it gets better. It keeps going. Justine also confirmed her intention to be the first spouse ever to attend the champion's dinner. While Patrick is not yet aware of his wife's plan, just as he was not aware of Ledbetter's outreach, Justine confirmed her plan to this decision out on their shared wavelength sometime Monday night of tournament week. Quote, I don't want to bother him while he's trying to find his swing. End quote. Wow. I mean, wow. There, there's just oh so much goodness. to unpack in there. I don't even know where to start. I literally, I, I hope Fred uh, Ridley just like sends a letter or a text or calls and just says, hey, Justine, this is Fred Ridley. So that's going to be a no for me. And yeah. then hangs up. Yeah, right. That's going to be a no. I, th- there was just so much there. First of all, Patrick Reed apparently doesn't know that his wife is attending the Champions Dinner. That's phenomenal. Uh, second, just throwing wild amounts of shade at the Augusta National Kitchen, being like, "Yeah, we're gonna get bring, we're gonna bring Guy Fieri in here to serve these guys way better food than they would have gotten from the guys at Augusta." Whoa, okay then. That that, that is, I, I'm sorry. Who is who is the membership at Augusta? Are are they people that are moderately successful and have and have you know a nice developed uh, palate? Would you palette? guess? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Some, no, some, yeah. I don't it, think they want any donkey sauce with their friends. No, no I, <laughs> no, I, I believe there is a, a strong absence of donkey sauce in the Augusta National Kitchen, uh, and <laughs> it's just. And then on top of it, it's like, hey, you know, it already worked me bringing in David Ledbetter without asking Patrick Reed. Why don't I just start making a bunch of other big decisions? It's like, wow, this. Uh, this is, you, I, can't, you can't make that no, up. No, this is so good. Oh, and there's here's actually a great little part uh, on the last little bit. Uh, quote. A master spokesman would not discuss Fieri's standard practice of including a Food Network camera crew wherever he goes, but did confirm the club has reminded the charismatic host that the Augusta National kitchen and clubhouse forbids the wearing of sunglasses inside. (laughs) 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 Already knows he's going to have to take the shades off. Wow. Anyway, that, oh, I mean, I can't. I can't. This is this has been greenlit. This has been okayed by I, by Augusta. I, this is. I don't believe Augusta has been uh, able to comment on this yet. I honestly, I would be surprised if like thing is, I'd be surprised if they let her attend the Champions Dinner. But then, like, I feel well, like they're, they're not going to. They're, they're not going to allow either. No, they, like they shouldn't allow either. 
But like, I feel like she's going to say she wants to do it. Just, you know, Patrick Reed's obviously, you know, he does whatever his wife tells him to do. Scared of his wife. Yeah, he's scared, yeah. Of, he's scared of his wife. And then, you know, if they don't let her get in there, she's going to pull the whole bu- like, bullshit like, oh, I'm a woman. You're not letting me into the thing where it's like, no, it's like you're not. A, you've never won the Masters. You're just not allowed in the room. You've never won the tournament. But I feel like then it could yeah. it could really turn into this whole thing about how Augusta is, you know, really behind in the times and they didn't get their first female member to yet a years ago. And it's just going to turn into a whole thing where people starting to start shit on Augusta. It's like. Are we not paying attention to the fact that this woman is a fucking crazy person? <laughs> like, <it's>, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I I really enjoyed that. I, I hope you did as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you can you can do that. Uh, I guess it'd be like contingent upon passing a fifty uh, three psych evaluation yeah. <laughs> uh, questionnaire, and uh, you're like, oh, that's take care of that. Uh, uh, I can't believe she would do that. No, I'll bet Patrick's like, what are you? Doing. He's like, honestly, like I have nobody else in the world but you, so I have to obviously like hang out with you and listen to you. But damn it, you're making this difficult. Oh, God, that's uh, that's uh, really funny. Uh, I can't. That's yeah, that's that's unfortunate. For yeah, him. yeah, it really Just is. What he needs. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Just <laughs> well said. Uh, all right, the next little bit of uh, Augusta news. I, you know, again, I, I really, uh, I don't like to get political on this podcast. I, uh, you know. You like who you like. That's fine with me. People who listen, who, people who've listened to this podcast for a long time, might guess that I'm not. I'm not the Don's biggest fan. I, I, I think yeah. we can. I think we can safely say that. Um, but there has been yeah. some news that came out today, and this is phenomenal. So, if uh, assuming that everybody listening to this is you know up to date with current affairs, uh, the Mueller report or, or the Mueller report was you know submitted to the uh, the Justice Department in the last couple of weeks, and uh, Acting Attorney General Anthony Barr. Said he's not going to release to the public yet. They're uh, currently redacting some some parts of it, and they're going to re- you know release a redacted version back out to the public. But it has now come to light that part of the reason that the document is being delayed as long as it is is because at the request of POTUS himself, he has asked that the Attorney General not release the redacted version of the Mueller report until April fifteenth because quote. He doesn't want to have to answer questions or think about it while the Masters is going on. That's, yes. That, that is, I mean, approval rating <laughs> just went up 1%, the uh, maybe 2%, just, just alone right there. Oh, my gosh. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you, you, can, you can dislike the guy for a lot of reasons. This is not one of them. <laughs> I think he's, I think for, yeah, for yeah. someone that is obviously a big fan of golf, but seriously invested in golf courses, I think people know where he stands. Yeah, <laughs> he, they, they they know that there's probably just going to be a whole ton of Uber Eats and Grubhub fast food delivered to the Oval <laughs> Office for four days in a row. One hundred Big Macs. He just he just instructs his entire staff. He sends the email. I'll be out of the office <laughs> from April April eleventh. Till uh, April fourteenth, he sends the generic email. Oh, oh that's, kind of that's a, great! That's great! Isn't that not just phenomenal? God, the golf, the, the golf gods, you know, the, the, in golf media, have really laid some really wonderful nuggets down for us this week. This is this is really great stuff. I'm. It's just yeah, this, the golf world is really is really coming up big right now. Um, okay, producing. Yes, last uh, last order of business before we briefly touch on some of our uh, our a little bit too early, but. You know, still not that early. Uh, Masters favorites and odds. The last news item related yeah. to Augusta is uh, it has come out that for the 2019 Masters, uh, 2017 champion 
Sergio Garcia. I told you. I told you I was going to bring this thing back, boat. Fred Ridley yeah. has assigned Sergio Garcia a personal rules official for the entirety of the 2019 Masters. Now, this is something that has never been done before because um, the powers that be to put the tournament together, they actually, as much as possible, try to keep everybody out of. The, I mean, media. You know, as much as possible, they try to limit the amount of people inside the ropes. So really, when you're watching on TV, if you really think back to it, you really never see anything except golfers, caddies, sign boys, or sign girls inside the ropes at Augusta. It's got this very unique, wonderfully intimate feel where it's like there's all these people watching, but it's basically just the athletes out on you know the field of play. Um, and oh, it, and CBS is so dialed that there's never a camera shot of a camera showing a cameraman yes right dude that's what i mean like they are so dialed in and it's such i mean the broadcast itself is phenomenal but uh you know all the effort that the guys at augusta national put into making this tournament what it is is really incredible and um so and so no in the history of the tournament there's never been a player that had their own designated uh rules official um but fred riley has given one to sergio for 2019 and apparently this decision was made shortly after Sergio's blow-up at the Saudi Invitational where he ruined six or seven greens. And so yeah. this, basically it's a rules official, or I should say, it is a personal conduct manager disguised as a rules official to follow around Sergio and make sure he doesn't make an ass out of himself and he doesn't hurt the golf course. <laughs> Which yeah. is... I, he's a he's a former former champion, so they're they're kind of protecting themselves in a way. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I I thought that was interesting. Um, I I guess before I read that, I just had never really realized that Augusta had made a concentrated effort to not ever put rules officials with groups with individual groups or players before. Um, so yeah, yeah. It, it's be interesting. But I mean, for the entirety of the Masters, if there's ever been a rules dispute. Uh, they call you know they call a, a rules official over. There's usually you know uh-huh. a, you know a couple dozen of them you know just kind of roaming around the golf course and they'll come help them out. So yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm I'm gonna keep an eye out to see if I can uh, see if I can find Sergio's uh, personal rules official <laughs> during, during the broadcast in rounds one and two. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> All right, but without out of the way, before we put this uh, before we wrap this thing up, my man, uh, let's let's look at a couple of these odds for guys to win the Masters tournament. So. Um, it, it is currently April Fool's Day. It's April 1, 2019. We are 11 days away from the first round of the two, of the 2019 Masters. And I was looking at some of the odds uh, on VegasInsider.com for guys to win. And I just wanted to get your get, get a feel from you, kind of like what you're thinking. Uh, who, are there any long shots? Or do you have a guy already in mind that, you're, uh, that, that you really like, that you're going to be putting some, some serious capital into... Uh, uh, and hoping they win. I mean, what are what are your thoughts here? As as we're just a little under two weeks away from the Masters, I'll start at the bottom of the of the ones they have listed. Uh, Francisco Molinari, twenty five to one. Uh, that's that's kind of crazy. That um, is wonderful. Another one uh, who's in pretty decent form. Bubba is twenty five to one. Yeah, I found, that, uh, I found that to be pretty interesting too. Uh, and it's funny Jason on, on Day, twenty-five to one on Vegas Tony Insider. Day, twenty to one. Whew. Man, oh man! Jordan Spieth, twenty to one. Ricky Fowler and Kepka, eighteen to one. Uh, I mean, these aren't like these aren't eight to one like Rory is. Rory's eight to one. Dustin's ten to one. Rose twelve to one. Tiger twelve to one. 
Justin Thomas fourteen to one, Rom sixteen to one. Those are the players I've listed on 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 the one I'm looking at. Um, yeah. I I mean, it, as far as a twenty five to one, that's a lot. That is definitely a long shot. Um, Bubba, Frankie, and Jason Day are all at twenty five to one. That's that's boy, that's kind of a that's crazy. I I I expect all those guys to be there. I know I I do as well, and honestly, I'm I'm looking at this. I'm trying to figure out if there's any guys out there that are, you know, fifty to one or longer, that have any any kind of a shot to like legitimately win this thing. Um, I think there probably is. Uh, I mean, you know, my memory's a little I, short. I, I don't know. What, I don't know what Sergio's all dark. I mean, Jim Furyk's eighty to one. Jim, he's eighty to one, but I don't think he's going to get in the field. And then, oh, this, oh I guess you got to get it right, huh? Shoot, I didn't even think about he's that. He's at like fifty. He's like fifty-two in the world right now. Mm. Uh, unless he has an exemption uh, from last year, maybe. Yeah. If he has an exemption from last year, or if um, the golf channel was messing up. Hmm. Uh, yeah, but as good as Pierre's been, I, I, I think golf course is probably just too long for Pierre. A couple yeah. years ago, maybe. But well, I think, yeah, it's, I don't think he has the carry required. That's the same thing with Kiz. Like Kiz is 80 to, one, 80 to one, but I think Augusta now is probably just a little bit too long for Kiz to be like. That's the that, that's what's kind oh, of Kiz is like. I have no chance. Yeah, he, he said he had no chance. Yeah, man, that really is kind of a bummer though. Like a guy who's that good. <laughs> I mean, this, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, for for a guy to be that good at this and not have a chance, it's I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of a bummer that you have to be able to hit the ball three twenty five to be able to even have a chance at this thing. Um, right, Xander Schaffel, thirty-five to one. I kind of like that. I don't know if he's playing very good golf recently, but uh, if he's in top his form, form is, his form's not that good. But still, a week away, he could figure it out. Thirty-five to one. I mean, that's worth. That's definitely worth a ten spot. Yeah, a hundred percent. I, I just you know, Justin Rose at fourteen to one. I always love, and at Frankie Molinari, man, at twenty to twenty-five to one. That, whoo. I like that a lot. That jumps that that jumps off the jumps off the, screen, off the yeah. page. Oh man, oh man, yeah, man. This is uh, this is going to be great. I know that we are, we are really going to get into it. We actually have our third confirmed for next Monday night uh, for our big massive right. Masters preview. Um, but as we're just looking at the odds here before you know before we put a wrap on this podcast, any anything else stand out to you on uh, on the odds for guys to win uh, going in? You know, like I said, a week and a half out. Dude, there's a lot of kind of like. Well, what which player is going to show up? Is it going to be the Justin Thomas from the PGA that just looked unbeatable? Is it going to be the Ricky who looked dominant? You know, is, is Jordan Spieth going to be like Phil? I feel like like he could be playing so bad coming in to Augusta, and it doesn't matter just because it's like, oh yeah, you know, they they, they have all these great visualizations from years past. Uh, we haven't talked about Phil. Phil. Phil's going to be like Freddie. Phil's going to be able to compete in this tournament for at least like another seven to eight years. Oh, for sure. And Phil's like, 30, 30 to one. It Phil's at right now. That's worth a 10 spot. hundred percent. So this is, I mean, it's some guys are in decent form, but remember like two years ago, was that two years ago when Dustin Johnson fell? <laughs> I do. <laughs> that was, that was it two years ago or last year? No, it was two, uh, it was two years ago because he was playing the best golf of his entire life. He was playing until... so good to where it was like, ooh, I just don't see anyone beating him. Um, he's not playing that good. Uh, but it's it's a bunch of guys, to be honest, 
that aren't playing at the top of their game. Like the guy Frankie Molinari is at the top of his game, and he's at twenty five to one. Yeah. Like all these other guys aren't doing anything really special right now, Mm-mm. except just an incredibly consistent Justin Rose. Rory at eight to one is playing some great golf. Absolutely, why he's the favorite. Um, but he's got that added pressure. This is the fourth leg mm. of the Grand Slam. Um, so dude, there's so many, so many storylines. Um, and to be honest, a bunch of these guys, a bunch of these guys that are in the top twenty in the world, they aren't playing necessarily like they're in the top twenty in the world right now. Uh, like Kepka, you know what I mean? It's like, well, dude, uh, someone I saw on the show was like. Where have you been? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but the, 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 it's just a bunch of bunch of guys. It just depends on the week. Uh, yeah. You know, let's see if maybe Ricky and Jordan have a good week at the Valero this week to maybe, con- you know, for Ricky to confirm that he's still sharp. And for, you know, Jordan almost got through uh, his pool. He played, uh, I'd say, better than decent and better than he has been all year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, there's so many unknowns. Maybe, maybe we get a couple indicators at the Valero this week, but no one except Rory. I think Rory's playing the best golf in the world. Him and probably Molinari. Yeah. And, um, it, it's, it's what makes Augusta so great is some guys that have won have come in on a horrible form. It just seems like that that golf course just suits some guys' golf games better than others. Just like we were talking about with the, you know, Austin Kutcher Club and, for whatever reason, yeah. Jordan Spieth just loves playing at Augusta. He just, and, he uh, just figures it out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a thinking man's golf course. Yeah. A hundred percent. Oh, God. It's going to be so great. It's my favorite weekend of the year, Boat. I cannot wait. Oh, it's going to be so great, man. Um, well, shoot, brother. Uh, this has been awesome, man. Anything uh, any, anything else you want to share with the uh, the listeners out there before, uh, before I bid you adieu? Nope. Nope, just uh, looking forward to next week, partner. Oh, it's going to be great, man. Next Monday night, Masters Mega Preview Pod. We'll try to get that thing out uh, as, you know, as soon as we can after we finish uh, uh, recording. But uh, until then, Boat, I hope you have a wonderful week. Uh, you know, hopefully the rain doesn't get too gnarly out there. I mean, hopefully you guys will be able to practice. And um, yeah, Augusta National uh, Women's Amateur this weekend and then the Masters the weekend after. It's a good, it's a good time to be alive. Good stretch. All right, perfect. Boat, thank you very much, man. We'll talk to you next week, brother. Thanks, partner. Awesome. Thanks again to Jess for uh, for joining me for this week's podcast. And another huge thank you to Mr. Jeff Shackelford for providing us with that much-needed comical relief regarding Mr. Fieri and uh, the old POTUS uh, over in the White House. Great, great stuff. Uh, If only it was true. But anyway, guys, thank you again. If you want to support this podcast, please leave us a review and a rating on iTunes. Uh, you know, anytime you can do that, it's a huge boost to us here at the podcast. And also, uh, yeah, you know, I'd be remorse if I didn't actually uh, plug our brand new website. The new golfguide.net is live, everybody. That's right. It is live. Go visit golfguide.net. You can find yourself some sweet deals on golf all over Northern California. Um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Check it out if you haven't done so already. That's it, everybody. Uh, I hope you guys had a wonderful, wonderful time listening to the podcast. I certainly had a good time enjoying it and putting it together with uh, with Jess. And as you can hear from those sweet, subtle sounds in the background, that it's just about that time. The Majesty at Augusta. 
We'll talk to you next week. Adios. <laughs>